Welcome to the Warrior Mama podcast, as we learn how to apply God's Word to our lives in motherhood, finding in big and small ways that the truth of the gospel applies not just to our lives as moms, but also to our children's lives, so that as we stand anchored in Him, we mother confidently with our hearts at rest. I'm so glad you're joining me today at the kitchen table. Welcome back to the kitchen table this week. I am so excited to be talking with a new friend of mine, Alicia Michelle, who is joining us. And we're going to be having a conversation today about the pressures of perfectionism or feeling like we need to be perfect in our motherhood. And I cannot wait to dive into this with you, Alicia. But first of all, I just want to say thank you for being here. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I love that the, the Lord allowed our paths to cross, and it seems like we have a lot in common. So yeah, I'm excited about our conversation today. Yes. And before we go any further, I would love I would love to for you just to share a little bit about who you are and your, a little bit of your story, a little bit of how you've even been brought to this point so that then once we jump into this conversation, people kind of know your heartbeat. Yeah, thank you. So I'm Alicia Michelle. I am a certified life coach working with women around those mindsets that keep us from being our best, keep us from living for God, God's best, basically. Mm -hmm. And those things always seem to revolve around perfectionism, not feeling enough, people pleasing, needing to perform for others. Those are huge for us as women. And so I love to be able to help women understand what's behind that, not just knowing what God says, but what's keeping us from believing that in our total mind, soul, spirit, every part of us. Mm-hmm. So I use brain science, the, the training that I've had as a neuro coach and also the Bible together to help women uncover those patterns. And we use certain tools to be able to rewire the neurons that are causing those subconscious thoughts that are keeping us stuck. So I love doing that. I also have a podcast. It's the Christian yes. mindset coach. But my journey, I am a mom of four. My oldest is 21. And then I have a 19 year old, a 16 year old and an 11 year old. And, you know, I, I'm telling you, motherhood is amazing, but it has also been the hardest thing I've ever done by far Mm. in terms of being, needing to be perfect and needing to have it right. It has kept me on my knees so many times because I thought that if I just had the answers and I did the certain things correctly, quote unquote, whatever that is, then everything would work out and I could just keep it under control, like little, like a little puppeteer, right? Understanding and (laughs) making things happen. And you learn really quick as a mom, all of you listening know this, that in every stage that looks different of how to interact with our kids and how to love them well and lead them to God and just lead them on the, the journey of life. and what that means to get out of the way sometimes too. So it's been this idea of needing to be perfect has been something that I have struggled with. I feel like I've, God has grown me a lot in this area, but it's like with every season of motherhood, you kind of have to embrace it anew and see, okay, so Lord, where am I at now with this? Is this still an issue? Like what else do we need to untangle here? So, I mean, and for me too, just that has been a struggle overall in my life that God has done again, immense work in. And so, but this is, this is an area that always seems to to be a trigger point for me in the area of perfectionism. Yes. For me too. I have spoken on this podcast a lot and, and shared how for me, I, well, and I would say this, I, I maybe would change the word in it, it, 
you'll probably laugh because you'll probably be like, Bethany, you're just, (laughs) but I would say that for me, I don't know that it's as much a bent for perfectionism as it is just for performance. Like Mm. I, I don't know that I'm looking for it to be perfect because I'm okay with it. Not I'm okay with a lot of things not being perfect. And yet I'm not okay if I don't deem my performance up to whatever I have seen. I don't, I don't know if that's a, I don't know if when you work with women, you see that where I'm like, well, it's not so much that I'm striving to be perfect. Right. But I definitely have these hidden agendas or checklists that equate with a good performance. Right. No, I think they're, they're, they're usually think of them as the three P's, the people pleasing performance and perfectionism, because they're so woven, especially perfectionism and the performance. So that's interesting though. So you would say then that that performance, the outcome is what you're aiming at when you're yes. thinking about this. Yeah, for sure. Fact, my husband, I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. yeah. In fact, my husband and I just the other day, because I was really upset about something and he's like, what is underlying this? And he already knows me. Like he only does this. It's almost like my own little therapy session with my husband, <laughs> <laughs> but he's like, what's underneath. And I'm like, I just want a certain result. Yeah. Yes. And I'm not seeing that result. So therefore it's because my performance wasn't up to the level it should have been. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And intersecting that over, you know, and that has been in lots of different stages. It's looked different. And so for me, it almost, and I don't know when you work with women, if you see this, to me, it almost is like rediscovering a new, oh, here it is again. It looks a little different. So it fooled me for a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that is something that we, I think is a huge lie of the enemy as we think, well, if I just do this thing, or I believe this truth, then it will go away and it will never come back. And I have worked with women, hundreds of women, and in my own life, seen this healing happen around areas like perfectionism. So I know that the healing is there, but I will tell every one of them, as I tell myself, there is still that little Almost like when you break an ankle, your ankle is still always kind of going to be that weak point. There's that weak point in the muscle or or the, or the bones where it it is more fragile. So when the stress comes, that might be the place where it starts. So we can Mm -hmm. have that healing and we do have that healing in Christ. And it, it continues to grow as we walk in these ways at the same time, the devil is sneaky and how it comes up. He'll use that weakness quote unquote, of that area that we, you know, have had troubles in, in the past. And we just have to remember that we can see it and not be afraid that it's there not be mad at ourselves. That's oh, why am I still dealing with this? But just to say, okay, there you are again. Like you just said, like, here it is. It's all right. Let me take what I've learned so far from dealing with this and God help me in this new way that it's showing up to get that next step of healing. So it's, it's an opportunity. It's, but if we can at least start by saying that not expecting it to go away completely, I think that's Mm. a big part of it, you know? Yeah. And, and I do think, you know, I think too, for me, kind of like what you said that the enemy knows that this is going to be kind of a place that has worked, has worked for him. Yeah. It worked in the past. Right. So So why not try again? Yeah. What do you see like for the mom who's listening, who's like, well, I don't, I don't know if I struggle with perfection or I don't know if like, what are some of the consistent ways or thought patterns that 
I mean, I can share mine, but I'm thinking from, <laughs> from yeah. just the landscape of the work you do, even what are some consistent, like, this is what it is to, to struggle with this idea of being perfect. This is kind of what it actually looks like or looks like in different seasons. I think expectation is a big part of it. Control is a big part of it. We don't like the idea of not knowing what will happen. And when things turn out different than we expect, it's not something that we are comfortable with and just kind of roll with. We just immediately go into this fix it mode. And, you know, that's not every perfectionist. There's kind of two sides to perfectionism, which is interesting. There's the side that is the workaholic side of perfectionism. That's the side I subscribe to. That's the, if you don't, if it's not right, then we're just going to keep working harder and harder and harder until it becomes perfect. Mm. And then there's the other side of people who say, well, I'm never going to be perfect. So I'm going to stay here and be paralyzed and not move and just kind of watch everything fall apart. But I'm too afraid to do anything because it's not going to be perfect. So there could be two sides of it happening. I'm, I typically see more of that other go-getter achiever side that seems to be more common, but you definitely can see the other side in some women where they're just, they're, they, they're overthinking is kind of what comes up in that situation where they just are so terrified to move forward. I can think of some family members who are like that, that it, it has to be perfect to move forward. It has to be a certain way or it's not okay. And so underneath all of that, a lot of it comes down to kind of the three big questions that we ask around identity, which is, am I loved? Am I enough? And am I worthy? Mm -hmm. And those questions are answered by our brain in whatever way that our brain sees it to be answered, whether it's right or wrong, meaning by the time we're between the ages of 10 to 14. So based on our experiences, based on what we've seen, our brain has learned in order to feel loved, to feel worthy and to feel enough, I have to do these things. A lot of times that's subconsciously figured out. So we Mm. see those patterns start happening. Like for me, I learned that I had to get great grades in school, achieve. I had to be liked by other people. I had to do what everybody told me to do, like live in this little box and not question and just be the good daughter, that kind of a thing. And it wasn't until that all kind of came crashing down that I realized, wow, this is my identity is based on something that even though I would know that truth in Christ, that I'm enough and he loves me, my mind, my subconscious thoughts were telling me something different. And that was what was running the show. It wasn't just like I could just make myself believe it was going back and unraveling those patterns. Where did I learn that? And why, what does my heart need to hear in order to let go of that and really believe what God says? What is that? What is that disconnect? So I think it's, it's a big question of like what it can look like and it can show up in lots of different ways, but those are, those are some thoughts. I think that's so important. The, I've talked a lot, in fact, just the other week inside of the warrior motherhood community, the community group we lead for moms, it, we've been talking about the two ditches that often run as, as we want to walk with Jesus the ditches that we can find ourselves falling into is either the ditch on one side is I need to control all of this and keep it all together. Yeah. That yeah. that's the way I walk with Jesus. Right. Or the other ditch is I can't do anything right. I'm yeah. never going to get any of this to be good. Yeah. Like Just shame. forget it. Like almost yeah. like an kind of like what you said, analysis paralysis, maybe yes. or like, you know, yeah. you just, and that I can personally, I mean, I, was telling, sharing with them is that I have in seasons 
especially in seasons of high stress and lots of change, whether it's because I've got an infant, <laughs> like whenever I had an infant in the home, it's always like those were seasons where it happened. But I think that's just because of the stress of that. But then like in my teen years with my kids, I mean, like there was, the, it was happening there too. So it's just, I think high stress, but I can bounce almost from one ditch to the other. We're like, yes, for sure. Yeah. Is that true? I mean, I do, totally. Yes. Yeah. I think it, it's both sides. Like I said, it's both sides of, of trying to figure that out. And then there's such yeah. a difference between the freedom that comes from loving God and serving God and showing up as, as a mom, all those things. When you know that those questions are answered about, am I good enough? Am I yes enough? Like your worth is not being determined every day if your kid isn't having a temper tantrum. I mean, that's how I felt as a young mom. Like I'd be in the middle of Target or something, you know, and the kid starts freaking out and you're trying to calm them down and nothing's working. And you're just like, okay, so my entire, everything I'm investing in is being questioned right now. And you just feel, yeah. you, you just feel so helpless. Like, what am I doing wrong? You know, and the enemy just comes in and just, you know, and you just, you, so my response was always like, okay, well then there's, what's the next hack that I need to learn? I must be doing something wrong with this kid and I must not understand them, you know, just work harder, work harder. So it's, 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 I think that stage when they were really young and then the teen stage, of course, when everybody, you, you feel that outside pressure of, oh, so how did all this parenting of all these years do, you know, you're, this child is making these decisions. And so I really had to come to this crossroads with the Lord of like, God actually had to sit me down one day and, and ask me to go through scripture with him step-by-step. Step. What do I ask you as a parent? What have I asked you to do as a parent? Yes. And step-by-step, step, just looking at what this scripture says, this the scripture says, this, I'm like, okay, I, you know, did you do that, Alicia? Yes. Now he's like, I'm not asking, did you do it perfectly? But was that your intention? Did you show up? Yes. So then you are released. You are released yes. from the outcome of what happens with your children. You're going to keep loving them and praying for them and supporting them and being there for them. But ultimately there's that point where you're like, whatever decisions they make, it is their decision. You have done your part as a parent and you can't hold on to, well, they're doing this or they're making this like just release, continue to love, 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 and be there with them and pray them through this. And that's what your calling is now in this season. So I had to really work through that when my older kids were going yeah. that season. And I have Honestly, I have good kids. I have great kids, but you all know that there are decisions oh. that you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, like, why don't you just believe this or what's wrong with yeah. you? Or, you know, well, I mean, I felt that way when mine were little throwing temper tantrums in Target. I mean, I yeah. was like, these yeah. kids are good at home. What yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to wear a sign like, really? They're good. It's a bad day or something. And you're like, I'm not a bad mom. Like, I, know. I, I don't know what I've done wrong. But, yeah. and and yeah. I love the fact that you isolate those three questions of mm. what was it? I, am I, am I loved? Am I, am loved? I enough? Am I enough? And am I worthy? Yeah. Because even in those moments, that is, I didn't know that that's much better. Like in, than in my own framework of me working through this, of just saying, but of God going back to Bethany, what is truth? Mm -hmm. So you're standing in target You've got one kid completely losing their mind. You've got other kids that maybe you've lost one. Like I would like, you know, they're running down the candy aisle. They you know? would just like, be everywhere. And, and, uh, and, but God would say, you know, Bethany, what is truth? And truth is I haven't stopped loving you. Mm -hmm. And I have never said you're not enough. 
And mm-hmm. I have never stopped saying that you're like, he doesn't retract that. And yeah, sometimes no, I had point. to stand in that, yeah. in that moment and go, I, I know everything is telling me that this is, this is indi- indicating that it's not, it's me. Like it's my problem, mm-hmm. but standing instead in the truth is hard, but it's, it has been this process of learning for me of saying, right. oh, wait, pull back for just a second. Right. It, you know, let your kid throw a temper tantrum for one more minute, just so that you can reset mm-hmm. real fast and, and practicing that. Like, I'm sure you've, you teach women to practice this thinking because Absolutely. we can't, the other part of perfectionism for me has always been, well, I mean, if I heard it, then why can't I just appropriate it and do it? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. learning that you have to practice. Yeah. Well, okay. So let me give you a kind of a weird example, but I recently just came back from a trip where I was drawing and painting with other artists. And I was with this person who had been someone who I admired and followed a long time online as an artist. And so he would teach us every day, these different techniques and different things. And I had, it really surprised me, but I I had a moment where I was like more than one time where I was so mad at myself because I was like, why is it that I can see what he's saying in our lessons? Mm. I can understand the concepts. But when I get out there in the field, I cannot make my hand do that. Why is it that it doesn't look right? Why is it that I can't? And it was just, God kept reminding me, it's practice. Your hand has to learn what your brain knows, right? And so as a mom, as working in the trenches of motherhood, we can know these truths about who we are, but it takes practice to live them out and to to let Mm -hmm. them be part of our DNA, we yeah. do things called brain priming, which is a specific neurological rewiring process of changing those subconscious patterns. So there's that foundational kind of work. But yes, every single day, even you know, all of us, we have to stop and notice what's going on in our thoughts and say, mm-hmm. what's happening here? What what is what is truth here? How can I acknowledge why it makes sense that it's happening? Right? Why why does this make sense that I'm feeling unworthy as a mom right now? Why does that make sense? what's true, what's not true, what lies am I believing in this moment, you know, kind of discerning that from the Lord and then deciding, okay, so now what am I going to do with this? Am I going to let this continue to drag me down and to make me feel like I'm a horrible person and my kid is never going to change or all these things, or am I going to believe the truth and say, all right, it's, it makes sense why I'm upset, but I'm going to take a moment, like you said, to reset. And then I'm going to say, all right, we're going to move on from here. And I'm going to believe this. And it's, so it's that I think yeah. there's an underlying rewiring that needs to happen when we're stuck in these patterns because that's what the subconscious mm-hmm. mind is changing. But yeah, moving forward, we have to have those tools like that and and actively address that every day, like a warrior. Like I love that you t- you use that word in all of your stuff because that's exactly what it is. We have to fight in our mind for that truth to be the victor. And but at the same time, not just yelling at it to be the victor, right. having the compassion of Christ. first to understand it. And I think that's the piece that so many women miss is we just go, well, I'm supposed to believe this. All right. Just believe truth. Just believe truth. And it's like, you are supposed to believe truth, but at the same time, just like you wouldn't just yell at your kid to say, just do this. Like you would understand. I'm so sorry. You hurt yourself. Yeah. That makes sense. I'm so sorry. You're crying, you know, but it really is. You're going to be okay. You know, things like that. We, we walk through our kids that way, but we can learn to love ourselves through those situations in that way. We're mm-hmm. not having a pity party to have a pity party, but we're understanding that Christ is in that compassion. He's a compassionate God. 
And that is what woo, that is love is what woos us to truth. So we have yeah. to move through that first to get to the truth and to make the right decision there. Yes. Yeah. And really learning to in that is applying what God has said in his word. Yes. Like I love what you said when you said that God, when you were talking, you were talking a few minutes ago about with your teens and recognizing and God, in essence, going, have you walked with me this way? Like he walked you back through his word. Good. Yeah. And he said, look in my word and let me show you what I've called you to. Right. And knowing, like, I love the scripture of Isaiah 40, 11, where it says he gently leads those with young, like his heartbeat towards us is gen- is one of gentleness. Right. But right. then walking back through scripture and going, okay, this is what I'm called to just this. Like none of the other stuff mm-hmm. and, and anchoring yeah. back down in God's word. Right. Yeah. I think in part. we put a lot of pressure. We put a lot of other things on that list of what we should do and yeah. how it should turn out, how it should be. And if I, I have had to unravel that probably the past five or six years, the idea of that A plus B doesn't always equal C, like. And, and so many things in, in, in working online in ministry, just with, as a, in marriage, even, you know, in, in parenting, yeah. everything, just, we think as these driven perfectionist minded kind of women, that if we just do this, <laughs> then it's just all going to work out. And I think that is the naivete of a young mom who's never had kids maybe before, at least that was mine is like, my husband and I were like, well, we're just going to read these books and have these things. And <laughs> They're yeah. just going to all be great. And oh my gosh. That yeah. was the other thing that God showed me. It was, I was going through the scripture. He was like, I want you to look at some of these father, son and father, daughter and mother, daughter pairs. How many of these were the parents were following what I told them to do, praying for their kid, doing all the right things. And the kids totally went crazy or the parents yeah. were crazy and the kids turned and out kids incredible and these amazing yeah. movies for God. So it's like, how is it? you know, where is that responsibility? I feel like we, we are, we have, we have expectations of what, what we need to do. Like God gives us Mm. things we need to do. We don't just say, well, the Lord will take care of them. Like whatever, you know, we have to show up and do the work, but we have to release the outcome of it and, and just say, all right, I, I worked in the fields Lord, you bring the harvest, you bring the harvest. And I cannot, I cannot be angry at myself for the ways that I did mess up because I did mess up. We all do. I just have to trust that in that moment, I made the right decision based on the information I have. I'm curious to hear this from you because having kids who are having several kids, you obviously have an age gap. Like I do, we have 10 years between our oldest and our youngest. And yeah, we have noticed a massive difference in how we parent and relate to our oh kids, gosh. the younger one, oh right. Versus the older one. And yeah. they're Sometimes our older kids were like, they'll call him the golden child. They're like, he does nothing wrong. You know, all these things. And we're like, Okay, but you know what? We're allowed to change how we respond as parents too, yeah. as we grow, as we yeah. realize things, you know, like, is that a big deal? Do we, or, or this is a bigger deal. We need to, you know, so you, it, I just, I'm curious, has that happened for you too? Oh my goodness. My, so the, my oldest is, he'll be 25 next week. And of course okay. our youngest is eight. So there's, what does that oh, mean? Oh, wow. That's, 20, it's like seven, oh, 17, yeah, 17, 17, 17 yeah. years difference. Yeah, because he, the baby was born in his senior year of high school. Oh, so like, yeah, they were like one year in the house together or whatever. And he, you know, my oldest is like, and and I will say this, 
I was, I've shared this on the podcast a lot. I was a talk about perfectionistic, talk about wanting certain results and being certain that A plus B does equal C. Yes. I absolutely believed, you know, I will do this, this, and this, and this is what I will get. Yes. And God used the tool of motherhood through my oldest Mm -hmm. two in very distinct ways to teach me. But that meant that in that learning, (laughs) they probably experienced, you know, I was pretty sure if I just kept pounding on A and B, it was going to turn into C. Exactly. And, and so, you know, he definitely has, my oldest has seen a lot of, huh, this is a different way of, of doing things. Now, the other thing to be said is number one, I'm different. So I'm not motivated nearly by. I'm not nearly as motivated by the fear of man of, oh, I hope I get a good result. Right. And I'm much more captured by God's grace and his mercy and even knowing the joy of being able to offer that through to my child, like, Mm. you know, and knowing that and and having that, like, I'm more practiced and well-versed at being like, God, what should I do right now? Versus with my first couple, I didn't know to to take that pause and go, what should I do? And I would just be like, oh my gosh, I've got to fix this. And and so I have learned his peace. So therefore I walk in his peace better. I've learned the joy. So I walk in it better. So it is noted in the home. (laughs) Mm, (laughs) But I do say this too, though, for moms who are listening and they're like, that's me. And I've just totally royally messed up my oldest kid. And it's all on me. I will say a couple of things to that really quickly because I wrestled with that a lot, especially when I began to understand the fullness of God's grace and realized that I had somehow in error taught my children not God's grace. Like I had taught my children performance instead of walking in God's grace. And so I remember learning that when they were the oldest were about eight and seven and everybody below. And I remember going, Oh my gosh. And God just like, I'm weeping before the Lord over it and being like, I have just, I messed him up. Like, Mm -hmm. how can you fix this? And, and God teaching me a thing, which is, he's like, Bethany, I'm sovereign over all of this. Like I placed those children in your home when I placed them in your home. Right. So I knew that this was the landscape of your learning. Yes. And yet I let that child be born eight years before you would learn this truth. Yes. Right. So in that, I am as intimately working in that child's life as I am in your life. Mm-hmm. And this is part of his story. And then the next one down her story And it will be part of where I show up as their redeemer and their savior and their friend too, in different ways. And so you can trust me and you can walk forward from this moment on walking in the newness of what you have learned. And, and it's kind of like Alicia, what you shared about God going, I'm releasing you. Yes. Yeah. And and just allowing yourself to sit in that release. Mm. And I did. I mean, I've had many conversations with my older ones and said, yeah, I will absolutely own that. Mm. I did not do that well. 
I did not understand God's grace like that then. No, I think this is such an important conversation to have because how can we, how can we give grace to others when we don't have, we haven't given it to ourselves. Like I, 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 I didn't grow up in a Christian home. And so I didn't come become a Christian until I was 19 in college. And there have early on, I had to kind of wrestle with that with the Lord. Like, why didn't you allow me to grow up knowing you? I would have saved so much pain in my teens and other things that I experienced. And God had to, has to keep reminding me that that environment, that my parents, they didn't have that to give. So I can't expect them to have given it to me. Yeah. And so release them from that, release them from that. And they gave the best that they had. And my parents, again, they're great parents. My mom actually was baptized last week. So after 30 years of Ah, praying for her, she became a Christian, which is like amazing, amazing, incredible. Amazing. Um, So, So but, 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 you know, you think why God, like same thing with us, like, why couldn't I have been able to be so much stronger in this area of perfectionism before I had kids? Why did I have to, why was I still holding onto that? And I saw how it reflected in this. You have to, you have to obey, you have to perform like obedience was the number one thing. And again, God just said, this is part of your story. And, and I think we need to go back maybe as moms, when our kids have gotten a little older and really be honest with God that we mm-hmm. have changed and it's okay. And, and, and he knew we were going to change and he knew who we were, you know, and, and you put our kids in that, like you said, in those specific times, but to just be honest with him and to say, Lord, I know that I didn't meet that. I, I look back and I would have done it differently. Maybe is how I would say, because yeah. I would have, I would have parented them differently, but we can't forget that the parenting journey doesn't end the second they turn 18 or leave our home. It is going no. on all the time and that God doesn't need, this is how he has to remind me all the time. He doesn't just need me to speak into their life. He has people all around them who can speak his truth in these areas. Mm -hmm. We can pray for healing. There are so many things happening behind the scenes with our kids that we don't know about and praying for them to happen, praying for God to work and to heal those things. Maybe that we feel like I messed up. Please help me help my kids in these areas. Cause there are some of those for my older kids. And I'm like, Lord, and I've seen I've seen it. I've seen the healing starting to happen in those areas. So I would encourage moms who feel that heaviness of, I messed up to just be real before God about it. Let him hold you in that brokenness and help ask for his help in healing you from that. And if you feel like there's specific things that your kids were damaged by or hurt by because of that, then pray Mm -hmm. for God to bring that healing because it doesn't have to be on our shoulders all of it. You know, I think that was my pressure is I have to be the one I have to do it. There is an expectation that God has for us as moms, but we don't have to carry that burden. It's not our, it's not our full responsibility for that. No, no. Yeah. I think I love that scripture where it says, commit your way Mm -hmm. to the Lord. And that concept of commit is like rolling rocks off your back. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of us carry a lot of boulders of regret or what we should have done or wish we had or, and all that. And understanding that, you know, the posture of, for me, the Lord was like in the posture, Bethany, for that commitment 
is one of just bowing down and surrendering. If you bow, then your back slopes oh, in such awesome. a way yeah. that it just rolls right onto his wow. feet. I mean, just right on, right into his lap. And, wow. and that's what he wants anyway. That's what he's calling us and inviting us to do is commit mm. your way to him. You know, it says in, what isn't it in Peter, where it says, cast all your cares upon him. Is it Peter? Oh, I'm the worst. Yes, at reference I think it's points. first Peter. Okay. Yeah. All of a sudden yeah. I was like, oh no, what if it's not Peter? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure. Um, I think it's first Peter three something, but yes, yeah. it is, you know, and cast all your cares. And it's that same, it's that idea of that verb for cast is like a flinging mm. with great ferocity. Like, I oh, mean, wow. just fling it as hard as you can which a lot of times we'll take these cares and we're like, I'm sorry to bother you, but maybe we should, you know, and God is like, no, like literally hurl it with your entire body's worth of hurling, hurl it as hard as you can at me. You cannot hurt me with it. I will catch it and I will handle it. Love it. And because, you know, cast all your cares because he cares for you and they're, they're different cares there, but you know, his caring is this deep abiding love is that implication there. And, you know, it is hard. I mean, and, and I think all around us is this push that says you should look perfect. You should look like what we see everywhere else. And so standing in that gap becomes important for us to learn how to do. So share with us a little bit. I know you work with women and I know this is your passion, and your heartbeat. So share a little bit about where women can find you and what they can learn from you and all the things. Tell Thank us that. You. Before I share that, can I respond to something you just said? Oh yeah. Okay. I think the hardest part about perfectionism and motherhood, especially when you're first starting out, at least for was for me, was this idea like, how do I do this with excellence? and not Mm. have to do it perfectly. Mm. I want to serve well. Like there's that impetus that that, that's the good side of perfectionism, like doing it well with excellence, but how do I not let it trip me up? And so that's like this balance. I think we're always trying to find because God wants us to to give our all, like he wants us to give, but I think underneath the difference between excellence, perfectionism is expectation and responsibility. What am I responsible for? I can show up with excellence, but I'm not responsible for the outcome. But anyway, I just, I want oh, to sure that encourages somebody Yeah, because that was me. And that's still something sometimes he has to remind me of, am I, if, when I find that rising up, like, is there an expectation that I've put on this and I'm trying to own it? So anyway, but yes. So there's a couple of different ways that I love being able to help women podcast. Of course, the Christian mm-hmm. mindset coach is a great way to connect with me every week. Also, I have different coaching programs and, and ways that are courses, things like that, that you can use to work with me. The, the best one related to this topic is the Christian mindset makeover. And that is a nine module course. That's this hybrid of working through the course material, but also working with me in calls twice a month. And that course is designed to help us figure out what are the subconscious patterns that are keeping us from feeling not enough, not loved, not worthy. What are the things that are there? And we spend the first five modules unveiling and unraveling all that stuff. And then in week five, the fifth module, 
that's when we create that brain priming. And the brain priming is the, the scientific way of rewiring those subconscious thoughts. So that's what we work together to do. And that's why it's more than just like, oh, let's, let's keep reminding ourselves of truth. It's, it's, it's literally changing your brain on the inside out. And then it becomes a lot easier for us to live in that truth. So that's the Christian mindset makeover. And then you can, so you can find everything that I do at vibrantchristianliving.com. And I'm also on Instagram, which is at Alicia Michelle coach. So lots of different ways we can connect, but I would love to continue that conversation with anyone who's interested. Cause I, I know that it's really, really hard. Actually, one more thing. I have a free training that talks about not feeling like you're ever enough. Why can't we get past that? And so mm. that free training is at vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash mind, M-I-N-D. So vibrantchristianliving.com forward slash mind for that free training on feeling never enough. Well, let's get, let's, we will get all of her links <laughs> in, in, in the show notes, mainly because yeah. for everybody listening, I, I can't encourage you enough. Like if this is a struggle and I would imagine it is from most everybody right. listening, yeah, you need to begin to engage here because this is when I talk with women, I, a question I love to ask women and I don't, it, you know, again, like warrior mama is my concept of the way I think about life, mainly because I feel like sometimes like that's the thing that God has really spun me around on, but asking women, you know, if, if Ephesians six says we're supposed to stand firm on a battlefield with our armor on asking women, how do you feel like you are right now? Mm-hmm. And how, do you even understand that you are on a battlefield? Yes. Right. Like there's not one of us who's not right. So you may not be aware or you may not like you may be, you could be in a season where nothing is coming against you. I don't know that I can say that I've ever really had a season like that. Some of the seasons I've had, I'm not aware. Instead, yes. I'm just kind of believing it and walking in it. I'm just kind of in it. And what the Lord has had to bring me back to is being honest with myself enough to say, actually, I'm not standing up at all. Like I'm, maybe in the fetal position on, you know, on the battlefield, my head is covered and I'm, you know, huddled up and hoping that, hoping that we can all get to the next season of life. And, and that's not how God wants us to walk. And so for women to come and find you and to gain traction and to get freedom from the lies so that they can stand back up. That's what I want to encourage the listeners to do is so we will have those links because I think it's so valuable to do this work and to understand how God's word intersects with our thinking yeah, and really can help reframe what the enemy is, has tried to. And some of us have, like, I know for me, I've done some of this work with someone before and understanding that some of this was set in motion in childhood. Yes. A lot and, of us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so. Yeah. Like it's, it's important work. It is. Thank you for highlighting that because it's so much easier to just turn off a podcast like this and go, go do on a Netflix binge or something, or go have a big chocolate Sunday and feel better, you know, and just kind of go back to regular life. I think another tactic of the enemy, right. Just to keep us yeah. busy, Numb. clouded yeah. running, and it's going to keep catching up to us. So we do need to get this healing. And you and I can both attest the other side of, of working through some of this is it's, it's dramatic. It's definitely a freedom and awesome place that God wants us to be. So thank you for highlighting that. Yes. 
So I have loved this time in this yes, chat. I, I feel like it actually makes me want to talk about other things with you. So we will have to yes. have you come back, but Alicia, <laughs> thank you awesome. for being here. Yeah, And we you. will, all the notes, all the things will be in the show notes, y'all. So y'all go definitely get what she is offering for free and look at where she is and go listen to her podcast. You will learn and you will grow. Thank you. It's been awesome to be here. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening this week to the Warrior Mama podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support other Warrior Mamas, I'll tell you that one of the best ways that you can do is you can just share this podcast with your friends. You know, sometimes we love to talk about the things we like the most for our face, for our life, for our kids. Can I tell you that it would be a great blessing to begin to share with other moms the things that God is teaching you and the ways that He is growing you in Him. Our prayer over here at the Warrior Mama Podcast is that this podcast is something that does that for you in your life. So feel free to share it with your friends, post about it on social media, and of course, leave a rating and a review. I love seeing what God is doing in your lives. And I look forward to sitting with you at the kitchen table again next week.